Live from the KOCI studios in Costa Mesa, California, it's time for Sports Sunday with Chris Babona and co-host Annie O'Donnell on 101.5 KOCI. Hello and welcome into Sports Sunday. I'm your host, Chris Babona, bringing you another day of sports. We have such a loaded show today, and we have a special guest, Bill Plaskins of TopFanRivalry.com. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And then Annie, as always, you're here with us. We actually took the week off. I went up to Alaska. I'll tell you guys about that. But as for right now, Annie, how was your week off? Did you enjoy the, the time off having driving up to Newport? Um, well, I drove up to Newport yesterday to do the whole Duffy boat di- Duffy boat thing. So I still got my uh, my two drives up the five in uh, in a week. But no, nah, I had a good day off, good week off last week. Yeah. I went and saw Black Widow, uh, which was pretty good for a Marvel movie. It's not my ba- not in my top, but still a solid movie and a solid performance from Scarlett Johansson. But uh, yeah, honestly, hockey's been keeping me very busy with everything going on in the NHL, but we've got a loaded show today. I'm excited to get into everything. Yeah, we have too much to talk about. We're going to go MLB trade deadline, talk about Simone Biles a little bit in the Olympics. We're going to talk about the NBA draft and NFL, which is coming up very soon. We're going to kind of have a prelude to the NFL later in the show. As always, we have Stock Up, Stock Down, the Spice Rack, and then joining us at 4 p.m., SB Nation Lakers beat writer Harrison Fagan, friend of the show. He's going to talk about the Lakers, Russell Westbrook trade, everything about that. So totally loaded show. Let's get right into it as we do at this time. The Big 3 at 3 with the three biggest news of the week right now. Number 3. So coming in at number three, Aaron Rodgers returns to the Green Bay Packers after months of suspenseful waiting. Aaron Rodgers finally cleared things up with his team and is returning to Packers training camp. The Packers have reportedly agreed to rework the reigning MVP's contract, making the roster adjustments to Rodgers' liking. I want to talk about this more later, but as for right now, guys, initial reactions to Rodgers coming back to the Packers. He needed to come back, honestly. A Green Bay is breathing a, a sigh of relief, and I know we'll get into it, so I'll save a few more of my th- thoughts for later in the show. But I thought his he won the first day of training camp easily. I thought that press conference he delivered was perfect. Right. No emotion, but really, honestly, enough in there mm-hmm. to say that he was serious and not you know, coming back off on a whim. But, you know, he's ready to go, and he's got the cards. Honestly, cards are in his hands right now. So. Absolutely. I thought it was super electric, exactly what I want to hear. Glad he cleared things up. Bill, any thoughts from you? I'm just glad he's not uh, not being the host of Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. All right, let's go to number two here. Number two. Coming in at number two, in the baseball world, the Cleveland Indians will be effectively changing their name to the Guardians following the 2021 season. The Midwest Ball Club has had the name Indians since 1914, and it wasn't until 100 years later that the Cleveland Indians dropped the Chief Wahoo logo after social media uproar over the offensive illustration. Guys, what do we think about this name change, the Guardians? I personally like it. I, I didn't know too much about the Guardians there on the freeway, but... I think it's a cool concept, speaks to the city, and it's a good replacement because I don't think anything was as bland as just that that plain C there. I love it, honestly. I think if you're going to change the name, tie it into the city somehow. You still got that iconic Cleveland C. Uh, I think it's a little bit different in terms of the logo, but I love that look on like a ball cap when I see Cleveland fans around. Mm-hmm. So I love it. A lot of people are giving a hard time about the logo with the wings. It kind of looks like the old Angels logo, <laughs> but I like it. I, I honestly do, and it's going to take some getting used to for fans. I know I still fumble over Washington football team all the time, but uh, eventually it's going to warm up to people, I'm sure, and I, I can't help but not another Marvel reference on this show, but I can't help but think of Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> so I'm sure Mar- Marvel will be itching to do some part partnership with the with the guardians soon yeah I, I i like it too as far as that's concerned we just keep erasing more and more history so that's you know they've had it there forever and if you want to call something the guardians get an expansion team okay yeah i think so too like obviously with the changing of the logo i just didn't see how indians was plausible because it, you just can't market that just to see i don't think it has that same it's not like the la logo or new york yankees where it's just totally marketable, really. So I, I do like the change. And in other news, 
pertaining to the to Indians, Frank Terry Francona, two-time World Series champion with the Red Sox, dealing with a hip problem, will require surgery. He will be sitting out from the Indians organization for the rest of the year. Let's go on to number one. Number one. As you might already know, the Tokyo Olympics is well underway. The 2020 Games are the fourth Olympic competitions to be held in Japan. Features over 1,100 athletes, 339 events in 33 sports. All of this in just over two weeks of action. As of this morning, USA has won 59 medals already. I know that's much higher at this point now. The most in the Olympics, which includes 20 gold, second to only China, which has 24. Guys, what have you been enjoying most about the Olympics? Any events that stick out? How has your experience been this last week? Honestly, I think the time change makes it really hard, you know, having to stay up later for certain events. Like my favorite event is gymnastics, easily one of my favorites to watch uh, each and every summer Olympics and having to stay up till like 1 a.m. some nights uh, to see to see them compete. It it can be a little tiring. But uh, other than that, it's just been really fun. And it kind of brings back some sense of normalcy. It feels like, you know, missing out on the, the Olympics last year. And of course, it sucks that they can't have their family or friends there in the crowd to support them. But uh especially when Suni Lee won all the all-around gold medal uh, for mm-hmm. women's gymnastics. It was cool seeing her bit, entire family and everybody over Zoom. So making the most of it, I love seeing that. But uh, I would say gymnastics for sure. Starting to get into a little bit of baseball now that that's kicking up, uh, I, which I know we'll probably talk about, but I love the reliever cart. <laughs> Have you seen that with the glove? <laughs> I just think that's so funny. And I was like, hey, why not? You know Manfred should be taking notes and bringing that over. Why make, make it fun why not but yeah it's been a it's been an entertaining two weeks so far you, you know those guys that are jumping that reliever cart are going nah man i'll just walk <laughs> right no never mind i i like you i'm struggling with the time change of it i love volleyball both indoor and and beach volleyball i love the gymnastics um i've always been a fan of the softball I, it's fun to watch it's sad to see like these nice stadiums built with nothing in them, yeah. right, and and nothing there, I was a little surprised to see that skateboarding is now part of an Olympic game, and a 13 year old won the gold medal. But sad, you know. I think it's cool. No, I said it's a little interesting. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, and so yeah, I, I mean, Olympics are awesome either way, and I actually like the Winter Olympics a little bit better because I like the ice hockey side of it. But mm. eh. agreed, 100 percent agreed. Yeah, I mean, how electric has swimming been? United, yeah. so we've already won 30 medals in that sport already. Watching Katie Ledecky continue to dominate the sport. Four medals was great. Newcomer names, Caleb Dressel winning five medals and three other U.S. swimmers winning three medals apiece. All great stuff. For me personally, newer ones I've been able to dabble in. Girls volleyball, super fun to watch. 3v3 basketball, a new twist. I had no clue that was going to be in the Olympics this year. It kind of just got me by surprise. Beach volleyball, shout out to Newport Beach local April Ross. Actually plays round of 16 tonight at 5. Don't miss that. She's been on the show. We rep her a lot. Glad to see locals coming through in the Olympics. Hopefully she gets her first gold. Great stuff. I think I'm going to watch the second half of the Olympics. I think Olympic handball is coming in pretty soon. That's one of my favorites to watch. So, so by the can't way, wait for that. By the way, though, Chris, I got to tell you, there's not one lady that plays on the women's uh, water polo team that I want to meet in a dark alley. Those ladies are tough. Have you watched them? Oh, yeah. I know. We had Kaylee Gilchrist, gold medalist. Wow. On the show, and like we, t- I tried to like pick her brain, like what do you eat, like how do you train, and she had this whole th- stuff with like the mama mentality. She knew Kobe pretty well, so he actually pushed wow. pushed her a lot, and getting to know what they had to do, what they had to train. And obviously, growing up, I went to Newport Harbor High School, one of the biggest powerhouses in water polo. I see it every day. Those guys going in the pool 5 a.m., go to school, and then go come back to train after school. Yep. Absolutely insane. You're totally right, Bill. Yep. So, guys. I want to start off this conversation about what the Olympics mean to you because for me, I know I've talked about this, Andy, and like I'm an extremist when it comes to the Olympics. I think it's massively important. They reflect so much on a country's spirit. Throughout history, we've seen the Olympics be war by other means in that sense. Jesse Owens winning gold in Nazi Germany, the Russia-Hungary blood in the water match, 1980 miracle that type of stuff, it just speaks so much to a country's spirit and how much they fight, and it just shows, I think it just shows the fight in some countries, and it, it reflects well on them. These athletes in America, re- representing 330 million individuals from all different ba- backgrounds, they have unbelievable impact 
on their sport and beyond. So, guys, I just want to pitch that to you. What does the Olympics mean to you? Honestly, you summed it up pretty perfectly. I, I also love the fact that it is every four years, so it's something that we really hype up and we get excited for. And it also allows a whole new generation of athletes to come up. Like we see, I'll speak for gymnastics, with the exception of Simone Biles, and you know, you got your Allie Raismans as well. But you usually see a whole different set of women and men in each Olympics. And, you know, and just knowing that, you know, you've got young kids that are watching that are inspired by people in this, you know, in this uh, Olympic rotation. And, you know, mm-hmm. who knows? Every, who, the next four, eight years, that could be somebody else. And it's just, I love seeing dreams come true. I'm, I'm a sucker for that. So I love the draft. I love the Olympics. I love seeing somebody win their first championship. I think there's nothing cooler than that in a world where a lot of people aren't pursuing what they're really passionate about seeing people take the risk and sacrifice everything for something like an olympic dream i think is the coolest thing in the world absolutely bill yeah i you know i've loved the olympics i went to the 1984 games when they were here in la um which was awesome i went to a field hockey game and when they come back i'm sure i'll go to something i think they're awesome Uh, i think that there's a lot of pressure on those athletes more so than professional athletes not that Olympians aren't professional athletes, but more so than where you have 162 games or 82 games or something to that effect. We saw it, and we'll talk about Simone in a little bit, but there's so much pressure on them. I, but I love the competitive spirit. I love the fact of what it can do. It puts all borders aside, and we just focus in on just athletics. Uh, the part that's tough for me to watch in the Olympics is when you see different competitions where you know certain countries are not going to show well, but those athletes really really tried to get there right it's just it's so hard to watch yeah so i mean it is but and i'll speak to this at the expense of the united states but you got you know countries like beating you (laughs) you've got usa basketball which is just stacked with talent but then you've got a team like france which you've got rudy that beats you like with headline by rudy gobert like it's it's one of those cool things and i you know we brought up i made him watch miracle by the way he hadn't watched miracle what What? (laughs) so i made him watch it and he did Yes. He was a good champ, and he watched it. He said he liked it. But, you know, it's like the, you know, the 1980 Olympics. You got this stacked Russian team against college kids. College kids. And nobody, everyone counted them out. You know, you you watch the movie, of course. You see Herb Brooks, the conditioning they put in, and the fact that they believe they had a chance and that they can beat these guys. It's so cool to see. Yeah. Uh It is. It is. It's a good time. It's just, it's like, uh, what was it, track and field last night where Jamaica won all three, like the gold, silver, and bronze. But there were a couple of athletes that were way behind, and you just felt bad for they got off the line you know and they're yeah i did like i know we're going to talk about simone in a second so i'll save a lot of the the, you know the simone talk there but the ability for michaela skinner member of the olympic team who didn't qualify for the vault event so her olympics were done and she said she was retiring after the olympics was preparing to go home had a flight booked everything and she gets the call that simone dropped out of the vault finals so she got her shot one more pass at an olympic medal and she didn't qualify for the 2012 olympics in london she was an alternate in 2016 in rio competed uh, for the university of utah and now she's retiring and an olympic medalist which i honestly i get chills thinking about it so even though i know simone's faced a lot of criticism but it didn't and not to say it didn't have it didn't have per it didn't go with no purpose. It didn't go to waste. You had yeah. girls like Suni Lee and Michaela Skinner be able to achieve an, a dream of an Olympic medal. So. Absolutely. I want to talk about more later. But as for now, one more thing before we go to Simone Biles and gymnastics. I want to ask a fun fun question. If you could go to the Olympics, theoretically, not saying we're any Olympic athletes here, but if you could go, what sport would you compete in? Because personally, I think. Handball would be super fun just to get to know that kind of soccer with your hands would be cool. Curling in the winter. I I think everyone's always like, oh, yeah, if I trained enough, I could do curling. But I would just love to learn the nuances of curling in the winter there. And then baseball, of course, would be number number one choice to play baseball for your country in the Olympics would be super cool. Also, side note, if you're trying to call into the show, phone having a little issues, you could try again. Always call 949-650-1015. That's 949-650-1015. We'll take your calls if you have any questions or comments for us here on Sports Sunday. So I'll pitch that to you. What sport would you guys want to play in the Olympics the most? First of all, you should be offended that he says we're not Olympic athletes. Yeah. First of all, I mean, come on. That's it. We're done. Andy, we're out of here. Rude. Um, I think for the summer, I'm a boxer, so I would say boxing for me. Uh, and then winter, I mean, I'm 
I'm a hockey fanatic, so I'd have to go ice hockey for sure. I, I can't skate all that yeah. well, but I would definitely do. That yeah. would be my sport. This is theoretical. If you're just like theoretical. a yeah. perennial you're, you're throwing people into the yeah. boards at the Olympics. You'd be exactly. the enforcer. I, I am the enforcer. There you go. Uh, when I was growing up, Olympic baseball was huge. Uh, 84 McGuire was on that team, I believe, and a few other people. So baseball, obviously I played baseball growing up, so baseball would be that winner. I got to... I want to know how curling came about. Was it like some drunk guys in, in Canada that were? I don't. I don't know how that came about. But curling would be fun. But I mean, honestly, I can't skate worth anything. But it would be fun to be on an ice hockey team and just mm-hmm. train with those guys. Yeah. So absolutely, all great picks. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk more Olympics. We're going to talk Simone Biles and all the controversy and all the comments around that. And we'll also have our top three Olympic athletes this year. Coming up next, Sports Sunday, 101.5, KOCI, don't go anywhere. The Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association is here to connect you to the people, places, and memories you love most about our school. Find us online at newportharboralumni.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Newport Harbor Alumni. And as always, go Sailors! Mesa Water. It's where your water comes from. 100% safe, high-quality, local water. Learn more at mesawater.org and follow us at Mesa Water on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us Wednesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. for Local Motion. Local artists, recordings, interviews, on-air performances, and happenings here on KOCI. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Chris Bibona and Annie O'Donnell on 101.5 KOCI. And we're back from our first break. Sports Sunday, KOCI, Chris Bibona, Annie O'Donnell, Bill Perkins, as always, guys, Olympics is here. We're having so much fun. There's so much to talk about. But before we get into the nitty-gritty, before we get into Simone Biles, let's talk about our top three Olympians of this year. I'll start us off. My number three, Kevin Durant. I think since he became USA's number one all-time leading scorer this Olympics, he deserves a spot here. Broke Carmelo Anthony's record of 336 points during the USA group stage win against the Czech Republic. I know so much scrutiny around USA basketball because of their performance lately, but this individual performance deserves this number three spot. Annie, do you want to start us off here with three? Sure. I'm going to go with Suni Lee for you for women's gymnastics. Silver with the team all with the team. Uh, bronze on even bars as of last night and gold medal for uh, for the all around. That is the fifth time in a row that a United States woman has taken the all around gold medal in the Olympics. Continuing this dynasty mm-hmm. rank of gymnastics, yeah. our team is a little team of course the team performance not what we would have liked, but honestly I, I love that she got the chance to really step up and uh claim her spot as a gold medalist yeah absolutely just totally in the limelight and just because of Simone Biles dropping out taking that spot I think it's almost a dream for that to happen right and to come in and win gold and we'll talk about it in a second but just that headline that was posted that we saw just how crazy was that we'll talk about that later but obviously but she deserves every bit of respect and she her following went to over a million recently so she's gotten the recognition she deserves thankfully but so much to talk about with Suni Lee, for sure. Congratulations to her. Bill, you're number three athlete. I'm, I'm agreeing with Annie on this one. So. Perfect, perfect. We could go to number two. How easy is that? My number two, someone I did not know before this Olympics, Jordan Thompson from Girls Volleyball. The USA team actually lost their ace spiker to a sprained ankle against the Russian Olympic Committee. But before that, she was absolutely dominating on the court. I watched the game against... It was China, and she was scoring all the points for America. It was insane. I, I was starstruck because I never watched volleyball, and here's this girl just dominating. And the announcers know it. The TV crew knows it. All cameras on her, and she's dominating her sport. So I just res- – big respect from her. I was just watching casually, and she got me hooked into USA Volleyball. That's Jordan Thompson. Hopefully she has a speedy recovery, and she can get USA back on track. Any your number two. My number two, I'm going to go to swimming. I got to go Caleb Dressel. Honestly, mm-hmm. feeling like an Olympics without Michael Phelps, we've kind of been waiting for who's going to take that who's top that? spot. And honestly, I think Caleb's it. Setting records mm-hmm. already. I mean, he's a social media star at this point. Everybody's, everybody loves this guy. So I, I got to give it to Caleb over here. 
So, uh, Kevin Durant, you stole my number two, although I don't do the numbers like you do, and I'm sitting <laughs> over here, divide by one, carry three. Anyways, but I was happy to see him there, and, you know, he had he had some issues, NBA issues and things like that, but, but he's been great, and it's been great to see him there. Absolutely. Okay, number one, I feel like this is going to be a three for three-er. My number one, Katie Ledecky, swimming, continued her <laughs> dominance this summer, brought home four medals, two golds, and a pair of silvers as well. Just continues to do what she does. Wednesday, I'm always proud to watch her. I know I was tweeting out, like, she makes me proud to be an American because it is so crazy. She's head and shoulders above everyone else. The lead she has, the separation she got in the water, unbelievable to watch. Katie Ledecky's my number one as well. Honestly, go to, sp- go to swimming. I'll say it. Yeah. I'll say it. Over, uh, are we talking over Michael Phelps too? Or She's in the GOAT category. Okay. There's, it's okay. a category It's, it's the here. upper it's, echelon. Exactly. Okay, okay, I get you, it's, I get you. It's the stratosphere over here. Okay. Can, no. I have a, can I have a 1A and a 1B? Sure. Okay, so Katie Ledecky's 1A. 1B is, is your friend April Ross. Right. I, I enjoyed watching her. I, I have some friends that play beach volleyball and some friends that were on the Olympic team for indoor volleyball several years back. And just... So I enjoy that sport. I know nothing about it. I'm five foot nothing, so I'm five foot nine. I never played it really, but she just the way she carried herself and the way that team carried themselves, I really really liked. So one A one B. She's great. She's a great interview. Great person. I I like talking to her. We had talked about food when she was on the show. Actually, she she's right here down the street at Hotcakes, Seventeenth Street. Yeah. It's just insane to get that perspective from the athletes. And yeah, April Ross, such a character. You, um, NH Newport Harbor High School alumni. Great, great person. Okay, guys, we've all been waiting for it, and it's time to go right into the Simone Biles debate. I'll start us off here, give our listeners some of the context, some of the story here, and then we'll get into our opinions on it, what we think. We'll talk about the GOAT conversation, too, what we think could help this situation. So let me just start by recapping it. I'm going to read a little bit here, so stick with me if you're not too familiar with Simone Biles. So... Biles exited the team event finals competition last Tuesday with what USA Gymnastics called a medical issue, but even from that point, it was mental health seeming to be the root of the problem. Not long after, Biles would withdraw from the individual all-around competition and on Friday drop out of the vault and uneven bars events, citing the twisties, which is a type of mental lapse similar to the yips where muscle memory is lost during performance. Despite her struggle with the twisties, Biles is still scheduled for two events next week, the beam and floor exercise finals. Obviously, this has been one of the biggest stories in sports. Everyone is chiming in. Everyone is showing support. But here, I'm going to start us off with something that has really been bothering me. And it's not exactly Simone Biles' fault, but let me just get right into it and we can have our thoughts after. I want to start with this. I am most frustrated about, above all else, the media's coverage of Simone Biles during the Olympics. Her decision to sit out is for her best interest. No one is debating that. The best choice for her right now and her safety and her health is to sit out. What's making this situation unbearable for me is the constant neglection of other gymnasts who have stepped up in Biles' place by the media. Specific example being from the New York Times here. Annie, I know you were vocal about it too. Let me just read this headline. Since deleted, reads... Sunisa Lee, an American gymnast who spent a lifetime aspiring to finish second to Simone Biles in the all-around because that was the best anyone could do. I'm not making this up. This is actually what it says. Exceeded those expectations on Thursday night, winning the Olympic gold medal at the Tokyo Games. What a sorry excuse for journalism that is. I was absolutely appalled. I could not believe it. But let me continue. Simone Biles has made her way into every headline, every photo, every video affiliated with gymnastics this week. If the media athletes and organizations really cared about her mental health they would take her out of the spotlight and let her focus on mentally healing i say we give her the space she deserves until she's ready to return let athletes like suni lee soak in the spotlight get the recognition they deserve for their performances just to reiterate here i wholeheartedly agree that simone biles decision to drop out of these competitions was for her best interest i just want to see more of these other athletes in the spotlight and let Simone Biles have a break. What do we think? I, I think in a perfect world, that would be ideal. And I think about that in every sport. But at the end of the day, she's the biggest name being talked about. This mm-hmm. is one of the biggest stories that's still ongoing. It's been almost a week. It's been what well over a week, almost a week now since she's dropped out. And 
but people are still talking about it. Mm-hmm. And journalism, journalists and media members have an obligation, and it's their job to report on a story and talk about it. So I understand her being in the conversation and maybe, hey, recognizing that, hey, like, and everybody knows it, too, that, hey, if she was in her right, if she was well, if she was still in the competition, she'd be... She'd be sweeping up medals here right mm-hmm. now. And I think people are trying to acknowledge that while reporting on the news. But I do agree with you in the sense that they, you know, these women are Olympic gymnasts and they deserve to have their recognition. That Suni Lee headline, which I understand that the writer of the article does not make the headline. So it's not the writer's fault. He, they don't write their own headlines. It's somebody else that does it. But yeah, that was you're trying to get people to click. You're trying to get mm-hmm. people to you know click on your article. If there's a paywall, pay for a subscription. Shout out to The Athletic for their stupid paywall. But it's hey, I'm sorry. I'm so, especially when you have like certain articles, like the Trevor Bauer whole thing. That shouldn't have been behind a paywall. I just there are certain things where I'm like, yo, that's just if you're the one that's got the exclusive uh, on certain things, or you got an exclusive interview on a very important topic, a widespread topic. Why wouldn't you take down the wall and allow everyone to read it, and then people can say, oh, all right, there's some good, there's some good stuff here. Maybe yeah. I'll buy a subscription. But I digress. But I mean, I completely I agree with you in that sense, though. It's it's where we need to get to. Mm-hmm. But I think what we have to do is work. I think the media needs to help a little bit more in normalizing mental health as well. Like we just got to treat it as an, an injury, as a normal injury, like somebody's going on injured reserve. Because, you know, when Corey Seager was out, you don't see it when somebody makes a great play or when Chris Taylor steps up and does something great. They're like, Chris Taylor, you know, who would never be here if Corey <laughs> Seager wasn't out on injured reserve? Right. Who wouldn't be anybody? Which is simply not true. All three of us know that. This yeah. guy, you know, I know we'll talk about the Dodgers later, so I'll leave that. <laughs> but it's just we have to be, you know, why are we treating it this way? For these women, for the Olympics, and I'm not going to bring, I won't say that it's because she's a woman. I don't think that necessarily because I think uh, Jack Prescott was faced with the same kind of uh, criticism, especially from Skip Bayless over his mental health issues. So mm-hmm. it's just something that needs to be no- more normalized in society, I believe. And the media can help with that. Journalism, mm-hmm. Journalists can help with that. And they, they need to do more. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And it's just the fact that she is everywhere like it is undeniable if you turn on nbc and watch coverage of the olympics she was in every shot in the, even if right. she's in her in training uniform if even if she's on the sideline she's getting screen time it's always on her and i think she even w- spoke about it she said i'm it's too much for me i feel like the weight of the world's on my shoulders i need yeah i need space yeah. i need this and that so why don't we give her that and i know that media companies pub- publications need to make money and simone biles is pr- the highest grossing gymnast of in her sport so it makes sense but i think in this case she has told us what she needs and i feel like the media is not giving it to her and that's my argument yeah in essence bill what are your thoughts so there's two sides to this coin right um first is she's on a team and she quit period end of discussion um so there's that side of the coin right but there's also the side of the coin and, and to go to baseball for example prior to shohei otani uh, signing with the Angels or being lights out this year. Anytime the Angels went to a stadium, it was Mike Trout and the Angels, mm-hmm. right? Every team has that. Every team has that. It was Simone Biles and the Olympic, or in the women's gymnastics. So right. she knew that coming in. Now, once she made that decision as an adult, which was in her mind a right decision, and, and I'm not going to doubt her for it. I think it's a great decision. But once she makes that decision, the media does need to back off. They need to let her respect that decision. Remember, Sandy Koufax, a great Dodger, retired fa- in his prime far sooner than anybody ever thought he was going to. But he felt like he had arm issues. He felt like he couldn't do it as good. If she felt like she couldn't do it as good or she felt like she couldn't get it done, that's fine. But the media doesn't. We're in a 24-hour news cycle to everything now. We have social media to everything. And everybody's got their opinions. And it's unfortunate, but a lot of people hide behind computer screens. And that contributes to a lot of these younger athletes. See, Mike Trout is making millions. He's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars in his career. Simone Biles may not make $100 million yeah. in her career. So it's it's a little harder if somebody were paying me Mike Trout's contract, I could take the criticism for striking out three times a night. No problem. Right? I just walk back to That's fine. You guys can keep <laughs> complaining, but I'm going to yeah. go and buy an island or whatever. This is not her case. So the two sides of the coin, right? One, she quit. 
which is fine, but she made that a choice. We need to back off and let her do what she's going to do. Maybe she comes back later on in the Olympics. Maybe she comes back in four years. But this is her decision. This is her life. Olympics is going to come and go. Her mental health and her physical health are going to be with her the rest of her life. Exactly. So everybody just give her a little bit of space. Yeah, exactly. And so this next segment... I don't even like. I feel weird even saying because it, it kind of retorts what we just said. Like, can she still be the goat despite mental obstacles? I just because I want to us as analysts. I want us to critique the performance. I want to see the end result because, like you said, she quit. But res- respect to her mental health. I'm not talking about Simone Biles as a person. I'm talking about her status as one of the greats in Olympics. I just want to ask, can she be the goat? So, like you, I am super torn when it comes to this question because on one hand. She has four gold medals, 25 world championships, which is the world record. No one's even close, as well as a silver already this Olympics. But on the other, what other GOAT can you name that has struggled with the yips? Not Babe Ruth, not MJ, not Tiger Woods, not Wayne Gretzky. Conquering adversity is part of being the greatest ever. And while Biles has had previously shown she can do it better than anyone, it, it's, the GOAT is known for pushing boundaries in their sport and like, conquering that. So I don't know how she can be considered at the best as what she does right now. Right now, can she be the best at what she does if she gets the yips? That statement just put a really sour taste in my mouth. I'm no, sorry. No, With no, all due no, respect to you. I want, With I all want due you, respect to if you. If I'm wrong, I want you to correct me. Oh, I'm going to. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. This is what I, ding, I want. Con- I want conversation. Well, and I feel like, you know, as and this is, and with all due respect, I just feel like it's things like this that really set back the conversation about mental health because mm-hmm. all the names you listed I can guarantee you they all faced their mental health battles they all did maybe yes. they weren't as vocal about it I or mean, as public or as public or about as public it. right and you know we live in a time with social media all those guys I mean there wasn't inst- there wasn't smartphones mm-hmm. there wasn't Instagram when Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky were playing I mean Tiger Woods of course has faced his fair share there here and there but you know, I think sticking it to what she's accomplished in her gymnastics career, aside from the Olympics, uh, aside, we're talking world championships, we're talking about the three years in between. She has done things that no gymnast has been able to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, even gymnasts came out and said that on the very, the last, be- I think it was a vault, excuse me, that... Oh, no, it was the beam, excuse me, that she officially, like, decided, she's like, hey, this isn't a good situation. The way she landed, so many gymnasts came out and said, Simone Biles is so above the average gymnast, her body, just her athleticism, her skill, that if the average gymnast were to land like that or do something similar, they'd have a torn ACL, they'd have a broken ankle, or they'd be dead. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing to remember with gymnastics. And that's why so many people criticizing her and her, you know, her decision for this is, you know, so many of these people, we will never be in the position of Simone Biles, whether never. it's in a sport or have that kind of influence and power and all eyes on. How can you say or judge somebody for making that decision for themselves? So I, the fact that Simone is just so above and beyond everybody else alone sets herself i mean she's got moves named after her already and she's what 24 years old she has without a doubt and i will she get upstaged as the goat we will see you know the talent coming up i i don't know too many about the up-and-coming gymnasts but for now she is absolutely the goat and i think you know her taking out you know not taking out taking herself out it shows that she knows herself all too well it's a sign of strength and i don't think that should be held against her in any goat conversation Okay, I appreciate that feedback. I think that it's always a learning experience, and like I always, I always advocate challenging, going in depth. That's what the show is about. So I appreciate you so much, Annie. I know like it can be hard with these conversations, and I'm a student of sports. I'm a student of life. We all are. Too. We all so are. I love posing these questions, and I, I didn't mean to like be like intrusive of Simone Biles or be ignorant of the so, no. the mental issues. But I just want to see. I I I wanted that. I wanted exactly get- because now like in our media range, seventy thousand listeners they could hear what you just said and maybe understand it better. It's honestly, I think when you talk about, I think when it comes to like the GOAT conversation, you Mm -hmm. expect somebody that's just perfect. Yeah. And that nobody, it's, they're the best. Nobody comes close. They just did it right. They did everything, but they didn't, they all had their setbacks. I mean, Mm -hmm. the fact that Wayne Gretzky battled, I mean, he was the greatest. There's nobody, I mean, I'll argue that somebody else was slightly better as a hockey player, but that's for a conversation for another Mm -hmm. time. 
Um, the fact that he was the best at what he did, did what he did in Edmonton, and was still traded to Los Angeles, which started the resurgence of Southern California hockey, which I am forever grateful for. But then he go, but then he's also been to New York. He goes to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that people don't hold the people hold the greatest of all time at such a high on, high, on a, excuse me on a high pedestal. But they're not immune to adversity. They're not immune to these things. So, and it's it was no disrespect to you in that regard. It was just. I feel like the conversation with mental health, and and I know it's you nothing malicious. It was just a statement to start conversation, but I just feel like we still have such a long way to go in two, mm-hmm. 2021. This is everybody, all of us, having a conversation of normalizing athletes being more vocal about it and saying, "Hey, there's days where mentally you're just not there, and that's fine. That's fine." In certain sports, I can speak for myself. In boxing, if you're not mentally there, you're not going to be able to do your job. And you can see it in, when you watch certain fights. You get fighters, you just know. You've seen them train. You see them doing their thing, you know, do you know, on the mitts, conditioning. But once they get into that ring, there's times you just know. You're like, ugh. Like they are just mm-hmm. not in the zone there. I mean, Anthony Joshua in his fight against, the first one against Andy Ruiz, that's a perfect example. But no, I think, like I said, it's good radio. Exactly. <laughs> good discussion, good radio. Bill, you have anything to follow that up with? So, greatest of all time discussion needs to be in the specific sport. So, like on the field, on the ice, in the gym, what they do off the field, off outside of the gym, that's entirely them. And so, to Annie's point, I think, is if you're going to judge somebody, all these world championships, these medals that she's gotten, that's totally good. Okay, and that's where we we keep it. Outside of that, we don't take it. You know, we don't take it further. Unfortunately, in the society that we live in today, everybody expects our athletes, our politicians, whatever, to be perfect. When we're when there's an election, we say, "Oh, well, this person, this boy, or this girl, this guy, or this woman has done this," which we may have done ten times over. Yet, you know, and so the same thing applies for athletes. So I agree. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things where people were like, you left your team, you know, you did this. And, you know, you pointed out, they're like, yo, she left her team. That's just the matter of fact. But like I said, we will never be in Simone Biles' position. So people will be like, no, I would never abandon my team like that. You don't know unless you're in somebody's shoes. Yeah, risking a broken neck. I think it was the most responsible choice because, what, she has the yips and she goes up to the podium to perform and then she fails. So not only does she get hurt, but then America doesn't get a medal. So I think... Yeah, she yeah. made the right choice. Yeah. Or she could and, die. Yeah. Like, yeah, a worst-case exactly. scenario. And, and not not even to mention, she still has two more events that she could have a comeback season. She could win two more medals right here yeah. and now. And then we're we, literally a week from today, we could be talking about Simone Biles is undoubtedly the GOAT. How could we ever doubt it? Right. Because she's going to she's gonna have two more events here. It also feels like she really doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. That's, it, that's what I was going to say, too. Honestly, she yeah. really doesn't. So if she's got to take it off, if she's still mm-hmm. not well by the end of these two events... Don't rush it. Uh, at this mm-hmm. point, take, take care of yourself. That's the most important thing to do. I, I really I can't even imagine how she's feeling right now, not only with all the media attention, but all the support, too. That's been very cool. I've seen more people supporting her than I have criticizing her. 100%. Which has been really nice because I feel like in a lot of other sports discussions, you see it pretty half and half. And you you can find if you want to find the other side of the coin, you can go find it. But I it's been really awesome to see, you know, celebrities, athletes, coming out and say no we got your back it's you know take care of you do what you got to do and so what can be done to ensure a better atmosphere for these athletes i think we got to point to the media right i think that the media could form a better relationship with athletes i know naomi osaka tennis player she brought up she feels super comfortable around journalists that she's known personally and i think that the industry should strive for that i think that if the media could work with the athletes better in a more personable approach that would make things better for sure because yeah. you get people who've never met Simone Biles, doesn't know what she's like, doesn't know her character, and they write this opinion article about her, batching her for abandoning Team USA or this or that. I think that's where it starts is the relationship with the athlete. Gaining the trust of that athlete is where she, we should start, in my opinion. I feel like some good, some more media training would really pay off for a lot of people. Maybe, you know... I mean, and this is just me talking out of my head here, but you, you still to date, you see accredited journalists, verified people on social media getting into Zoom conferences, getting into these press conferences and asking the most stupidest questions that I have ever heard in my <laughs> life. Like you, you just, you know, these people are right a beat, you know, they're accomplished writers and you, they just 
the questions that get asked. I'm just, every fan just cringes at some of these. So, and, and this is every sport. I've seen it in every single sport. There's always one that asks, or several that ask dumb questions. So, I feel like more media training would be nice. Maybe at the very beginning of the season, teams or the league can provide it. Whether it's like online or Zoom and just kind of say, hey, code of conduct here, you know, this is important. Or for, if you're doing specific team training, Maybe they have important notes about certain athletes and players so they know about it. Like if somebody suffers from suffers from anxiety or has some, you know, issues with stress, maybe take be cautious of that when they're coming up to the podium. Don't yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not an expert in this field. I don't have a journalism degree, so I'm just talking of what I think would be helpful for both parties mm-hmm. because if uh, the media if journalists aren't exposed to that and they just don't know like you can't fault them for that so offering that training and just saying hey if you want to be more if you want to help solve the problem be a part of the solution rather than the problem we have options for you make it hurt make it hurt for the media so a buddy of mine and I were talking about what uh, the MLB should have done to the Astros Right, mm-hmm. and part of what I thought they should have done is given them a ten-year ban on the playoffs. You make the playoffs, all ten years you can't play at home. Every game that you have is on the road. Make it hurt for the fans, so that the athletes don't break the rules again. So these journalists can say whatever they want, and they'll get these hundreds of thousands of followers, and they'll be able to peddle products or whatever and make a ton of cash off being brutal to some athletes. So make it hurt if they're going to do certain things or if they're going to act a certain way or like Annie says if they're going to ask a question that you just shake your head and say are you really that dumb that you just asked that make it hurt have some way to get them back because social media they don't they don't care and we've seen this in the sports world in the political world everywhere and people just go straight to social media and go after it and by the way, you got to like my uh, my Astros idea. No home games for ten years. <laughs> that's a that's a heavy. That's boom. a str- yeah, That's but, a heavy uh, boom. Hey hey hey! You break the rules. You you do the crime. You got to do the time and make it. Because what did they do to the Astros? Nothing. nothing. Yeah, the draft nothing. Pick, a couple draft Find picks. Find them a, a couple fine. draft picks. Yeah. Yeah, nothing. So you know what? Make it hurt for the fans, and I'll guarantee you the athletes will never do it again. But that guarantee that was it. the thing is. I think Manfred said, and we're going totally off of the Olympics, but I think Manfred said you can't punish fans because what stake do they have in the Astros cheating? Nothing. So it, it's a tricky situation. But going back to Simone Biles, I think we did good. I wanted to push us a little bit. I wanted to go more than what ESPN or NBC is willing to do because they'll just tell you Simone Biles had the yips. Good for her. At a girl. But I really, really wanted us. At a girl. No, like, I. You go, girl. Yeah, no, I wanted. I wanted to push it, and we got. I got what I wanted. Any, I appreciate your insight so much. That's why we're here, man. Let's yeah. talk we have Dodgers. Some, Let's talk. It's Dodgers. a mutual respect between you and I. Absolutely. We know. Okay, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, MLB trade deadline. We got Dodgers. So much news. I think they're absolutely blowing out the Diamondbacks. Eight nothing. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get back to that right now. Sports Sunday, one one five KOCI. The Greg Morgan Project with guest artist Carrie Chester will be performing together on Tuesday, August 10th at Campus Jacks. Greg and Carrie, the two longtime local artists, will be playing music together again at 5 p.m. on August 10th at Campus Jacks, the premier dining and entertainment venue in Newport Beach. For reservations or more information, campusjacks.com. That's campusjax.com. Campusjacks.com. Yourtronic services and repairs all brands of Apple and Windows computers and cell phones. Only 15 to 20 minutes to repair any broken iPhone screen. Water damage, battery problems, sound issues, virus removal, slow computers, software install, and data recovery. Home or business, and the best part is they're right here at 17th and Irvine in Costa Mesa next to the 7-Eleven on Irvine Avenue between L's Pizza and Ruby's Sandwiches. Open seven days a week, 949-791-7206. I'm Scott LaFleur, Executive Director of Sherman Library and Gardens, inviting the listeners of Poor Man's Morning Rush to experience Greenhouse, our summer exhibit of lavish living rooms with a botanical twist. What do you mean by living rooms? Well, there's a sod-covered sofa and a moss-covered piano that you can play. What a great way to spend a summer day. Open daily till 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Thursday and Friday, and admission is cheaper than a gallon of gas. Wow, even a poor man can afford that. Sherman Library and Gardens, 2647 East Coast Highway in Corona Del Mar. More Information at the Sherman.org. The Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association is dedicated to bringing our sailor family together. We're proud to record our school's rich history and our Hall of Fame. 
and to reach towards the future with our scholarship program, which has given $44,000 to deserving students over the past four years. We know we'll see greater need in 2021, so join our mission and be part of the fun. Find us online at newportharboralumni.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Newport Harbor Alumni. And, as always, go Sailors! Kimmerer Crampton Family Law provides top-notch litigators with decades of experience known for their courtroom skills and high-end premier customer service. The attorneys at Kamar Crampton clearly explain every detail about legal options working with you towards solutions that meet your family's needs. 949-234-8280. Don't let your world crumble around you. Having the right attorneys makes the difference. Appointments online at divorce.legal, not.com, not.net. It's divorce.legal. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Chris Bibona and Annie O'Donnell on 101.5 KOCI. Welcome back to Sports Sunday, 101.5 KOCI. We just had a super in-depth discussion about Simone Biles. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And now we're going to talk about the MLB trade deadline, some Dodgers, and Bill Plaskins, Perkins, sorry, his specialty. I can't wait to get this in. So where where do we start? It happens every year at this time. MLB trade deadline. This year's deadline, one of the most memorable in league history. So much star power on the move. We're going to help you keep track of it all right now. Ten current All-Stars who were traded this week. The most ever to change teams mid-season. It it was insane. Insane here. Let me just pull this. Nelson Cruz, Adam Frazier, Eduardo Escobar, Joey Gallo, Kyle Schwarber, Scherzer, Craig Kimbrell, Trey Turner, Kyle Gibson, and Chris Bryant all on the move this this yeah, this trade deadline and is unprecedented. What was our favorite move, guys? <laughs> You're asking Dodger fans. <laughs> I know. Yeah, room I mean, Dodgers. Chirp, chirp. Next, moving on. <laughs> next Scherzer. Yep. Okay. Is that a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, crazy. A yeah. shout out to all the Cubs fans out there. I'm sending you a hug. I'm. Um, my thoughts are with <sighs> you. It's got to be a rough weekend to be a Cubs fan right now. Yeah, Especially, Dr. Shermack, friend es- of the show. Especially given that each Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, and Anthony Rizzo all homered in their first game yep. for their new team. That just has to dagger in the soul of Cubs fans. And it, I know we're going to talk of more Dodgers, but you just the fact that it kind of felt like they won in 2016, and then they're like, okay, monkey off the back. The curse is broken. We're good. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they're just like, nah, we're good. That's all right. We got our one. We're good. So there's a top fan that, that goes on to uh, – that's been on my uh, YouTube several times. His name's Rob, and he lives uh, – he grew up in uh, Idaho area, but he lives actually in Utah now. And I texted him after everything. I said, how's it going? And he goes, I literally want to cry. Aww. He's like, I literally want to cry. He's like, my entire team is dismantled. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I feel for the Cubs Cubs players and, and Cubs fans, too. Right. Yeah, I mean, Javier Baez, trade to the Mets, joining Francisco Lindor, creating the most pretentious and underperforming expensive middle infield ever. I knew you, I just, were, you were waiting I, for that. Oh, I knew I you were. Oh, I knew I just, you were. I just had to because... Oh my! I just hate Javier Baez. I'm sorry. I just—he's such a bad baseball player, and he was like what third in fan voting for the All Star game. Yeah. It was. I just. I, I had to get that low blow in there. That is but a low o- blow. But obviously, <laughs> obviously, Dodgers received Max Scherzer, Trey Turner from the Nationals, only in exchange for Kybert Ruiz and Josiah Gray. I feel like the asking price way too low for the Nationals. Total steal. We win again at the deadline. Dodgers also acquired Danny Duffy from the Kansas City Royals. So I. I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit here on this. Okay. Okay. So Max Scherzer is a rental unless we can get him for, um, for after the season, right? So we got him for two months. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to probably dump uh, Bauer's contract, so we've got some money to chase after. God bless. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but Trey Turner is signed for one more season, and he's already made it clear he doesn't want to stay in the West Coast permanently. Really. So. We're going to get Trey Turner, and so what? We gave up two of our wonderful prospects for a two-month rental. Now, if he gets us another championship, great. The only thing that Trey Turner does for us is it puts pressure on Bellinger, it puts pressure on Gavin Lux, and it puts pressure on Max Muncy to contribute. If they don't contribute, then he'll play second or he'll play the outfield, because Justin Turner—I mean, uh, I'm sorry—Chris uh, Taylor is tearing the ball up. You're not going to bench Mookie Betts, and you're definitely not going to bench AJ Pollock, who doesn't know how not to get a hit nowadays. Right. And so, 
it's it's a scary move for what we gave up now. Now, both of those boys may not turn out to be anything. But right now we gave up two very good prospects for a two-month rental and a guy that says after next season, I don't want to be a Dodger. Okay. Yeah. All great points. And obviously in light of Trevor Bauer's leave being extended for a third time, I don't think he's coming back. I think everyone knows he's not coming back. Corey Seager, Jimmy Nelson returned. Corey Kniebel not far behind. Mookie Betts activated, played second base today, led off, had some great plays. I think Dodgers looking really, really good, really deep. I think, yeah, Turner, I I like that the pressure he puts on, but also the depth and the speed. I think Dodgers really haven't had that speed demon guy in the, the contact hitter. He's hitting, what, 320 right now? That is the, that's what we need. That's what we, we need a guy on base for our big names to get him in. Justin Turner's going to have a ton of more RBI opportunities coming up here. I love to see it. Clayton Kershaw projected a return in the series against the Angels August 6th through 8th. And, of course, Cody Bellinger not in the lineup today. Do you think that is the new normal? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Trey, Trey Turner sitting, what, uh, two times than what Cody did. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I think it is the new normal for Cody. Actually, I'm not going to score points with my Dodger fans here, and Annie, don't throw anything at me, please. I wish that Cody would have been a part of that trade deal instead of giving those prospects up if you could have gotten it. Wow. I mean, that the guy's good, but let's let's play the odds here. 2017, he had a rough season. 2018, he had an okay season. 2019, he was an MVP. 2020, he had a rough season. This season, he's having a really rough season. So was 2019 the abnormal season, or is he just that good? What are we missing? And so I, I'm not ready to give up on him, but I would have liked to give somebody like that and got Trey Turner back if we could have you know, hold on to him. Dodgers are stacked, though. So mm-hmm. I think my big concern when it comes to Cody is we know what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. And Dodger fans all know that he slumps. You know, every player has their slumps, but they can come back, you know, kind of get through it. You work through a slump, and then you come back on top. The problem with the Dodgers right now is we really don't have time or flexibility mm-hmm. to wait for him to figure it out. And at this point, you know, and someone someone actually called out Dave and said, yo, what's what's going on with Co- What's the plan with Cody here? Like, he's is abysmal batting. He says, you know, he's taken up a spot in the lineup, and it's not wrong. He is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dave said, oh, he's contributing defensively, making a lot of great plays and base running. I said, well, you got to get on base for one to contribute to base running. But two, I was like, what is this? We have a designated fielder now yeah. taking a spot in the lineup? Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, someone tweeted. They said, would you rather have bases loaded? Would you rather have Cody Bellinger or Austin Barnes at the plate? And I said, Austin Barnes. Easy. Austin Barnes. Not even without a second guess there and is sending i don't think sending him down to okc is the move personally i I mean i'm not an expert there so i don't know but i feel like taking him out of the lineup making him a bench player for a little bit just say hey yeah something's not working here Mm -hmm. and the more putting him in the lineup and just kind of making him suffer through there i just don't think is the move take him out say hey figure it out work with the hitting coach more mookie helped austin barnes last year maybe mookie can help (laughs) help Cody this year. (laughs) honestly because at that point we're so many other players that you can fit into that lineup i mean Corey, the fact that Corey seager came back his first game he had an impact and usually you kind of say hey there's going to be an adjustment you know they kind of get used to it no Corey seager was ready to go and he was yeah and he was throwing it out there and it honestly made cody look even worse Um, Yeah, I I don't understand. What I was looking for for Cody is some emotion. Right. I you know he goes 0 for five the other night when the Dodgers walked 47 people, but we're still in the game. And every single time he didn't even respond by going 0 for three, 0 for four. I would have been gone into that clubhouse and beat the crap out of something with my bat. Got some emotion out. Instead, he just took off his helmet. Oh, I'm okay. I'm gonna guess I'm gonna go play first base. Yeah, give me a yeah. Brett Gardner yeah, ceiling mean, type g- thing. Give me a David Ortiz. Beat the crap out of the phone. I don't care what exactly. you do. Yeah. Show some freaking emotion. I agree, but I I agree that the bench is the right move because I I think that moving him down shows a lack of faith in him, and I think it would reflect badly on the organization. He is an MVP caliber player, and like you said, do we know if that's his normal or not? We what we do know is his potential, and what he can be. And the Dodgers are known for getting the best out of their talent. So I think, yeah, sit him a couple games, let him know that he's on the ropes, that he's on thin ice, Mm -hmm. and that will be enough for him to get in the cage, get that swing ready, because 
I, I really wish I had the technology and the capabilities to do a swing breakdown on Cody Bellinger because I could go all day on why I think that he's struggling. But, he yeah, he's a few adjustments away because, like Dave Roberts said, he still runs better than anyone in baseball. He's one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball. He still has value to this team. And it could be utilized outside of the batter's box. I'm just thinking of that throw against the Giants. <laughs> yeah, he's got, yeah. Uh, Be- best throwing guy. He threw to the guy in the sixth row. Okay, but he literally a year ago, I, I know, like, okay, he can be a gold glove caliber player at two positions. He I, can be. Is Cody, can. Is Cody paying him? Oh, okay. no. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, is Cody pay? Are you on the payroll, the we Bellinger payroll here? He's, he's got an earpiece. There's, there's a guy, here's a guy who has the yips, and we are giving him a hard time. Here's a guy who is me- has no. terrible mentally lapsed. No, no, no. He was terrible in, in the World Series in 2017. He was okay. He in won 20- the MVP. We could, we could no, go back in the and forth and season. say, like, yeah. he's been good, he's been bad. Right now, He's bad. He's bad, and I'm not saying For he's a good. Season and a half. I'm I'm not saying he's good right now. I'm saying that we have the facilities. The Dodgers have the facilities to get him back to that level this year. The nice part about what the Dodgers have, the nice part about what the Dodgers have, is Trey Turner will come off the COVID list probably in a week. Cody's got one week to figure it out. Because if he can't figure it out in a week, he's going to be picking a lot of splinters for a long time. Because guess what, I. What about Albert Pujols? Anybody want to talk about that guy? That guy had a great series this yep, series. Yeah. I mean, that guy's raised his batting average 70 points in L.A. I mean, he's got six RBIs this weekend off the bench. Came up with the bases loaded today and got uh, a double. I mean, albeit it took him a while to get second. But, I mean, <laughs> he had three RBIs. I mean, are, let's talk about Albert Pujols. So you're going to set that guy. He's killing the ball for a future Hall of Famer for Cody. I don't know. Yeah, I am on. Like I said, I wish the best for him, and obviously, I'm a Dodgers fan. I want him right. to do well, but it's just like we've said. You know, there's times where you know, you work through the slump, but unfortunately, we're at that place. Three games back behind first, the Padres not too far. We, it's got to be guns blazing these last two months, and there, honestly, it's a wasted spot in the lineup. We might as well have two pitchers yeah. at, that, at that point, honestly. And one thing I did want to bring up is you mentioned guys that could that Trey Turner could make a little uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and I, I I want to throw Corey Seager into that conversation. Oh, absolutely! I really absolutely. do. Yeah. I was waiting for his name too. He's got yeah. a contract year. He's got you know he's I think he makes a notable impact these last two months. He has to honestly, mm-hmm. he has to if he wants any stake of Friedman really paying up and offering the the Boris money that he wants. But just a couple defensive stats against Trey Turner and Corey Seager as shortstop since 2016. For Trey Turner, defensive runs saved, average is 11. Corey Seager, defensive runs saved, is a minus 6. Trey Turner, outs above average, 13. Corey Seager, outs above average, negative 9. So, listen, we're Corey Seager people here. I get it. We're Dodgers fans. There's no denying that Corey Seager is an integral part of this core and then of this team. But Dave Roberts is going to have to make a decision here as far as who the best person to be at shortstop is. And Trey Turner has expressed that he wants to stay at shortstop. And I'm sure he'll play wherever, but I'm sure he'll put his head down and play play wherever, like I said. But, you know, if you're Dave Roberts, do, do you stay loyal? He's a loyal guy. We've seen it. The fact that he puts Kenley Jansen in yeah. on nights that he shouldn't shows that how loyal he is to his guys here. And I question, you know, is it the right call to make at this so- point? So Dave Roberts is a, a very overpaid spectator a lot of the time. Yes. I get it. But I agree with you on the Corey. The, the problem is, uh, the, this is a good problem to have. The Dodgers have a lot of talent, right. both on the hill and on the diamond. They have a lot of talent. These are problems. The Angels wish that they had these type of issues. Right. Right? Right. So, okay. So um, the Angels wish that they had these type of issues. So uh, what are you going to do? Right. I really, really, really... I think Corey has a much bigger impact than Cody. Because oh, 100%. Guys, guys know the thing. Cody's already out when he gets in the batter's box. Look in his eyes. Yeah. He's afraid that he... I mean, he's acting like he's going to go up to a girl and ask her out, and he's afraid that the girl's going to say no. <laughs> like, stop it. Go up there. Know that you're one of the best. Yeah. Knock it out. Let's go. He's got a girl. He's going to be a dad, what, sometime next year. So, so yeah, that's I not mean, an issue for yeah, him. Knock yourself out. Come right. on. Uh, but... I, you know, I like, uh, uh, I like the Trey Turner move. I just wish that we wouldn't give 
up as many prospects. I as saw. We did. I was at the game for Josiah Gray's MLB debut, and granted, a couple homers in that game ended up being a great comeback. Honestly, one of the best mm-hmm. Dodger games I've ever been to. But I liked what I saw, and I remember my dad was getting frustrated watching him, and I said, "Listen, you got to remember, there was no minor league season last year. Yeah. It takes Walker Bueller's ERA." His first month in the league, I want to say it was like five or six, yeah. if I remember correctly. Like you just you, these kids need to adjust to the league, and it's going to take time. So mm-hmm. I said, let's just be patient. You got to be patient with this. You know, he's going to get comfortable, and I think he was going to do well. So I'm I was upset to see him go, especially yeah. because I like you know I love being there for an MLB debut. Yeah. I think that, like I said, I love dreams yeah. coming true. So I think what, that was really cool. What good discussion, but unfortunately we are out of time. Bill, I'll actually make you an offer. Yes. We have Harrison Fagan on the line right now. If you want to wait till after and we can continue our Dodgers discussion, we can, but it's going to be about 15 minutes. But Harrison is on the line. We're going to talk Lakers, Russell Westbrook, and everything coming up next on Sports Sunday, 101.5 KOCI. Do not go anywhere.